The following program is being brought to you on the Voice America Empowerment Channel. For more information about our network and to check out additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit VoiceAmericaEmpowerment.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit VoiceAmerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the following program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management. Welcome to Be Mighty, balancing your money and your time with your hosts, Katie Marley. You know, it's a common thought that we can never balance our time and our money. We run out of money when there are still so many days on the calendar. What are some of the ideas and tools that will help us more efficiently manage these two resources? On today's program, you'll learn how being mighty is the result of transforming one's life. One insight, one choice, one action at a time. Now, here is K.D. Marley, which is K.Mar and D. Lee. Welcome to Be Mighty, balancing your money and your time. My name is Kay Marr, and today we have a guest co-host, Lynn Shirell. Thank you, Lynn, for joining us. Mm-hmm. I'm excited. I'm excited. Thank you, Kay, because today we are going to be talking with Donna Cutler. So, I don't know, do you want to introduce her, Kay, because you know her best, or do you want me to jump in? <laughs> well, Donna has been the co-owner of a successful bookkeeping company, we that provides bookkeeping and basic accounting services to small businesses. And we are very fortunate to have Donna with us to give us some practical clues on how to design a personal action plan that helps us control our money. And the title of the show is The Monthly Money Mystery, and that's because a lot of times we don't know where our money is going. And Donna's going to help us with that. So, Donna, thank you very much for joining us. You're welcome. I'm excited to be able to share a passion with Numbers, which I know most of the audience probably has some clues about numbers because you're here with an interest. And um, I really have had a passion my entire life uh, about numbers and um, actually relate to numbers from both an attitude of appreciation and passion. And with that passion, it actually creates an emotional interest. Um, I've had an optimistic outlook from the time I was a kid. And that has helped me to um, choose a career around numbers um, because that is part of my passion. Um, at the age of 10, my father was um, actually in the banking industry and put, me, uh, put a challenge out to me um, as he was in the reconciling mode of uh, church books and uh, said, I need to find a 50-cent difference. And so I ended up taking on the challenge as he presented it like it was a solution or looking from the from a story perspective as a, an, a solution to a story, a mystery of where this 50 cents was. Um, at that point in time, the adding machines were the old crank style, so I ended up having a fascination with the machinery or equipment. Ultimately, I did find his 50 cent, which he was very impressed with, and that was actually um, part of the uh, starting of my passion for numbers was they are, um, they do speak. Some people don't know the language. It is a language all of itself. 
and um, my interest in actually um, seeking out the the um, overall story is is where I've been going. So the are you Don? Are you saying that we have to be an optimist around our numbers? Like, should I open my checkbook and like smile <laughs> and greet it with like a big happy salutation? Like, what kind of special training do you have to have to be a bookkeeper or just somebody that is friendly with numbers and can learn the language? Like, what's that about? <laughs> well, uh, it's something where the attitude has to start with some kind of inquiry. And uh, my background has been uh, relating to uh, training that I had with, um, I, got a, I actually sought um, finance as a degree rather than accounting. Um, and I graduated Beta Gamma Sigma with actually a second focus with French. So I was really focused on language and found that that was actually um, the one of the basis points is actually knowing how to learn a language. And so in my own uh, process, I spent um, quite a few years in the corporate world and then uh, ended up uh, loving the attitude of seeking information to um, as an internal auditor and, and went from there into my own business. Well, you talked about the language of finance, and this is something I think a lot of us have issues with. Um, I've heard people say that they never understand what their accountant is talking about, that they use these words that are just, well, you get back to the old saying of it's Greek to me. So what's an easy way for us to learn how to understand what our accountant is saying, what the, what the words mean? I think it comes back to not just sitting, waiting for the information to come at seeking understanding. It's more coming back to yourself and really making the commitment to know what the number basics are. And as you are actively, or most people are all actively out there working with money and numbers uh, as part of a normal life, um, actually take a proactive view on your situation. And, you know, basically looking at numbers that are cold, hard facts. You want to actually take the approach to add some kind of passion and story and seeking to know information. So from a an accountant perspective, um, you'll want to learn the, the basics that apply to your own story. When you own it, you can actually make it a reality because if you don't own it, it will ultimately own you and you'll always have an unresolved story. Holy moly. <laughs> okay, so the numbers are telling a story. I don't know if it's a tragedy or comedy, but whatever it is, I have to get on top of this or it's going to run me, right? So. That that's what I'm getting out of this so far. Um, so let's say, uh, let's say my bank or somebody asked me for my financials. What are they talking about? Like, do they want to see my checkbook? Do they want to look <laughs> at my wallet? Like, what are they asking? Um, purely they're asking for a report because they want to look at something that shows a point in time of what's going on. So they'll tell you a period of what they're looking for. And so you'll want to provide a profit and loss, which shows income and expenses with a net bottom number. And then also some history, which is actually called the balance sheet. And between these two, they can tell a whole lot of what your story is like. And so um, to help with this, um, we've provided a free resource called the Top 10 Financial Words. And you'll be able to find that on the Be Mighty resource page after this today's episode. Wonderful. So, so the really the title of the show, as Kay said, is the monthly money mystery. Money is a mystery to so many of us. How how do we solve it? 
Well, um, for the most part, people look at us as bookkeepers and say, oh my gosh, you're very boring. And so it's something where they just have their little shades come down when any words come up with a word of finance. And so to introduce the concepts, I think it, you have to look at it from a very fun way. And so we've created a way to do this called Inspector U. So if you take a, a quick image of um, what, is, what does a, an inspector have? You know, they have the little hat and shades and magnifying glass. And create a, an image of that which would apply to your own situations. So introduce yourself as Inspector You for your own mystery situation. And as an inspector, you're going to want to take that ownership and seek out all of the clues you can gather and put together. Because you're really seeking the answers or puzzle images that um, you know you, you can, can you know ask yourself question, questions and take an active role in wanting to know. So, my guess would be the first clue that Inspector U is going to look for are receipts, and you know we wad them up, we throw them out, um, we stuff them in our wallets and never pay any attention to them. So, what's the big deal with receipts? What why should we pay any attention to them? Well, it's a summary of what the different money has come in and or where the money has gone. So it becomes a really important uh, type of clue to be uh, taking it, the look at it from an importance rather than just, you know, throwing it away. Well, you know what? I got to ask from a feng shui perspective, you know, we know, we all know clutter does not serve and support us. So, what do we do with all these receipts and the paper statements? What do we, how do we handle that? Or how long do we have to keep that kind of stuff? Like, what do we do with that? Well, I think it's a, it's a perception also because <clears throat> with, you know, boiling it down to some real pure basics, you know, there's money coming in, there's money going out. And those are brought down into certain categories. So you might want to actually have files that you have interim organization. So you pull them out from wherever, you know, your purse or your pockets and have them separated so money coming in is separate from money going out. And if any of the receipts or things to be having like a, something to pay or do have some kind of a, a, you know, way to filter those too. So you actually have more from an action perspective, active things that you need to deal with or active things you need to file. Well, I know for me that, you know, I've read long ago that you're supposed to have these files and I have the files set up and... So I dutifully file the receipts and, and, you know, follow that instructions. But, you know, if I have to go back and find something, I have no clue what folder I put it in, where I filed it. Um, how do you remember where you put something? Well, um, I wouldn't want to make a whole pile of memory garbage because that's another form of clutter. And so you'll want to actually set up some kind of a, a physical situation where you don't have to try to remember that it becomes more intuitive. So, um, And as a um, bookkeeper, we've worked with a lot of clients that have a lot of paper. And we've actually helped create a system. It's called File It and Find It, or what we called Fifi to make it fun. Um, and basically, it's a color-coded system that um, is breaking down the different important categories so that you can take a look at, okay, what kind of category does this fall into? 
Um, and basically, if you are interested, you can uh, and have more questions. Uh, we have a limited edition of this for the home or business versions. So you can send us an email at bmighty b m y t e at b m y t e dot com, and put f i f i, which is Fifi, in the subject line, and we will get back to you on um, you know how this works. So this, I think this, what I think is kind of cool about this, here's what I'm getting. There's, there's like a secret life of bookkeepers. They hang out with inspectors. They talk to numbers. They play with puzzles all day. They wear clothes with lots of pockets. <laughs> so, like, I'm learning a lot here. Um, how long do we need to keep all these receipts? Like, if we've got it all filed and put it away and everything, do we just keep them forever? Like, what's the, what do we do with that? How long? Well, you could make it really simple and walk around like a... Uh, somebody like a walking file cabinet, you know, so you put a receipt somewhere and you remember it. But that would be very wasteful. Um, and keeping all receipts is really a waste of time and energy. But when you really boil it down, the, um, the, we actually have put together a resource that'll be on our website resource page after the episode that shows, you know, what, what kinds of things need to be kept. But basically, IRS says keep things for three years if it relates to tax um, records and you've um, used it as an active deduction. And certain things you want to keep it for seven or longer, depends upon what it is. But um, be sure to check out our Be Mighty resources page for more details. So, so can I just ask a question? I'm sorry, Kay. Go for it. How long, can, can, what do you, how do you feel about digital receipts? Like, What's what's that about? Like where you you know I've seen these commercials where they have the little machines and you scan them in and that gives you these digital receipts that converts everything and you don't have to hold the paper. Like how do you feel about that? Um, there is more and more dependence upon that too, which then raises other questions that um, someone back up their information on a readily basis, like or use cloud solutions. And so I think from a legal perspective, it would be um, research that would be critical to know, you know, how long something would, would be out there. It's actually a good way to do it because then it is available as long as there's uh, some kind of security and approach for making sure it's retained correctly. I remember um, reading something about that, okay, say I buy something with my credit card and I have a business and I've bought, say, office supplies, whatever, I don't know. You know, go to an office supply store and buy office supplies with my credit card. Is the credit card statement sufficient or do I need to keep the receipt too? Um, depends upon what it is. Typically, um, a lot of credit cards are used for travel and expenses, uh, meal expenses, anything related to um, the use of deductions. And um, just having a credit card receipt. Uh, statement, a lot of times the basic key information is not um, something on that. So it ends up being that uh, you'll want to actually keep meal receipts as those are deductions that are either at 50% or can be 100% depending upon the type of meal, such as if you have um, a staff and you do meetings in your office, those are employee benefits, actually employee related, which then are more uh, percentage de deduction than something like a, a travel. So you would want to make sure that depending upon the type of expense it is, really how you treat that. So it becomes more of a question of what do I do with this, whatever that is. And so that's again, B 
being in Spectre U and all of these different aspects and, and looking at it from a clue perspective. So let me follow up on this. Are you saying that if I get audited um, by the IRS, they decide to come in and I lost the lottery or however you want to say it, and they come in and audit me, they're not going to just take the credit card statement? I need to keep receipts? That's correct. Oh. And we've been through um, situations where um, that has not always been available. So if you have other ways to um, put together details that help support what you've deducted, um, those would be important to also have available. We've had situations where if someone didn't have a physical receipt but may have had a um, process where the meal was generated via uh, client uh, appreciation meal where the, there was an email showing actual uh, invitation and here's the location and here who it is and here's when the event was. Those are some of the basics that the IRS would be looking for that would substantiate whether it was a travel or employee related. So those would be other records that could be used. Um, and because of the electronics right now, a lot of things are actually um, handled via email. So um, it would be available on your email if you keep that type of thing. So this would come back to keeping digital records. And so I would think that um, from part of the protocol, if you don't have a, a process, um, probably have some kind of an email filing cabinet on your system, so on your uh, server, so that any of these kinds of, in, you know, these are very important communications would actually have a place that you could put them. Uh, let me, I'm sorry, Lynn, let me follow up with one, one more question on this. Um, let's say I didn't keep the receipts. I have no idea where my emails are, and um, the IRS comes calling, and it's it's like two years later. Can I create something at that point, or does, I'm, does the IRS say no? It's too late. You, you know, if you don't have the record from the time, it's too late. I, what's what do you do then? Uh, typically, you might have to write a letter and state you know the the why you don't have you know situation. And they would then have to uh, put together some kind of a judgment if that was going to uh, supply enough. If the deductions, and it really depends upon the size of the de deductions, are not substantiated, um, they can come back and say, okay, we're not going to accept this deduction. And then you would owe taxes related to whatever the, the combination was. Wow. So obviously receipts are a lot more critical than we think they are. And, you know, it's really, it's a perception of how important the paper is because a lot of these are via paper or electronics. And so it becomes when you know something um, and you see something and you work with something, it's being very proactive and saying, okay, well, I have this, I know this, let me make sure it goes somewhere that I can, I can not just put it on my desk somewhere. Because that, I think, is a lot of the process that people take. You know, they'll stick it in their pocket or they'll stick it in their car somewhere. And then people are moving so fast these days, you know, they, they forget. And then they go, I wonder where that went. So it becomes kind of like the money situation. Oh, no, where did it go in the situation? So I think it's really uh, being uh, proactive and taking ownership again. This comes back to the responsibility of each of us. 
Oh, that's, you know, be responsible. <laughs> it's so hard to be an adult. <laughs> uh, well, so, uh, we need to go to a commercial break. I was going to say. <laughs> when, we, when we come back, we'll be talking with Donna about what we actually do with all these receipts and setting up and using a personal action plan. Stay with us. It's your world. Motivate. Change. Succeed. VoiceAmericaEmpowerment.com Get ready to experience a more fulfilling lifestyle. Tune in to Direct Connect Empowerment with host Fee Mazanki. The show will feature guests who have changed their lives by using the Direct Connect coaching program or have worked with the same concepts that this program offers. By hearing how others have been transformed, you will be inspired to move forward. Direct Connect Empowerment with Fee Mazanki can be heard live every Tuesday at 2 p.m. Eastern Time, 11 a.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Empowerment Channel. Do you or somebody you love have a struggle with abuse? You don't need to be a slave to your abuse anymore. Listen for Beyond Abuse, Beyond Therapy, Beyond Anything with Dr. Lisa Cooney. Dr. Lisa overcame struggles in her own life. Two decades of sexual, emotional, and physical abuse nearly took their toll. In her 20s, she turned her life around and set upon a path to help others. She can help you find the key to take control of your life, too. Listen every Tuesday at 10 a.m. Pacific Time, 1 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Empowerment Channel. Build your better business. Achieve that goal. Make good on that resolution. The Voice America Empowerment Channel. It's your world. Motivate. Change. Succeed. You are listening to Be Mighty, Balancing Your Money and Your Time with Katie Marley. To reach the program today, please call 1-888-346-9141. That's 1-888-346-9141. You may also send us an email to b-myte at b-myte.com. Now, back to this week's show. Welcome back to Be Mighty, balancing your money and your time. Okay, so far we've been talking with Donna about bookkeeping and what to do with receipts, and, or rather keeping our receipts, and how to save them and why we should save them. So, all right, now we're saving our receipts. Now what? Well, um, a lot of terminology, this is language too, people talk about tracking. And so when you first start talking about tracking, it's kind of interesting looking at tracking from history. You know, tracking used to be back when somebody was tracking an animal. Uh, What they do is they go through observation and detail, gathering clues, looking at you know, where the animal goes, where they live, the whole thing. So tracking is really um, observing. And this is actually coming back into some inspector you attitude and and learning the language. Um, It means actually closely observing something in the way of the story around the numbers and uh, numbers and also the receipts that support that. So in that type of language, there's also categories. It's it was an inflow and outflow for a certain what we call category. And that's um, grouping of, of understanding where that number lives so that, you know, as you start looking at tracking, um, what is that number purpose? You know, is it a rent? Is it 
how does it live within the recording or tracking system? And how does it relate to other categories? So uh, what does it mean to use a tracking system? What does that mean? Um, essentially, it means being Inspector U looking at a particular activity, be it a receipt for an inflow or outflow, and putting it somewhere, not just a physical location. So you're basically recording it, and recording it can actually be done manually or with a computer system. So it's actually not just observing it, but actively acting with it to, to actually put it somewhere. So you've talked about a personal action plan. And I, what, what are you talking about with this? What, what, what is this personal action plan? Well, again, coming back to an active uh, activity <laughs> is to um, be the inspector of your own situation. And as a systematic way of being an inspector, that means you're not just sitting on the sidelines waiting for things to happen, which is a choice. But basically, you're taking action and putting together uh, your clues. You're inspecting the, the, the outcomes of your tracking or your clue paperwork. And then as you inspect it, you look at it in a systematic way and say, okay, um, how does this fit in with my story? And is this actually making the story? Out of that, you're actually taking a be mighty approach, which is part of our overall view, which we actually are saying we focus on something, we are uh, essentially, is that, how is this feeling? And if you're happy with or want to make any adjustments, you're going to be able to kind of test those concepts in the way that you're approaching it. So your personal action plan is really what you as inspector, you put together as a plan and having that not be one that you're just sidelined by, but more of as you go along, you're, you're putting it together. So I'm figuring that this is, you know, having an action, a personal action plan is a good thing, but could you just kind of, you know, summarize for me, you know, for all of us, why having a personal action plan is a good thing? Um, it will save you time by keeping you focused. And, you know, that's ultimately going to save time and money and the energy. So, okay, you just brought in time. If I'm looking at my receipts and figuring out what category to put them in and writing this down, whether it's on um, the computer or a piece of paper, how much time is this going to take? Well, take a look at how much time you uh, might spend looking for something or trying to figure something out and you have no clue. So it comes back to um, your personal situation and how motivated are you? And how motivated you are is also your passion. How are you uh, relating to uh, situations? Are you sort of covering your eyes or not wanting to look under the stone or gather clues? It really is a personal choice. And so um, from a time element, uh, you know, some time saved in uh, the long run will be getting uh, some time focused as Inspector U, gathering clues, examining them, organizing and looking at your overall outcome. Initially, yeah, it depends upon your own situation. Again, how many, how many transactions you have to research, how many documents you have to look at. But as a going forward active approach, again, the word owning and being focused on this, you're going to actually save it a lot of time in the long run because you'll have information. You'll be able to look at it. You'll be able to make, make choices and decisions knowing that the information is not just a best guess or 
something that an ATM machine spit out at you because that's not true information either. Well, you know, when it comes to money, I kind of like to just close my eyes and click my heels three times and, you know, pretend it's just not there. (laughs) But, you know, notwithstanding that, do you need any special tools to put together or make a personal action plan work? Um, We've actually put together because, you know, the what you just described (laughs) probably describes 95% of the people out there. Um, And basically, we um, have put together a document Uh, We call it personal action plan, which will be a good starting point. And this will be something that is a free document from our resources page that will be on there after today. And that's a a starting point. But it's, again, you know, where do you want to be taking this? So, okay. You've got this document that I can download that's going to tell me how to do this. Is this going to cost me money? To set this up? Um, money and time kind of work together. And so at first, it'll take your time. You can either do it yourself or you can hire someone. But again, having a proactive approach is part of what we're describing as the um, training that we're doing here with the Be Mighty so that essentially um, it will take some time to actually understand. And you can do this all with pencil and paper. I mean, obviously, there's pennies on the dollar and or you could hire someone which will cost some money or you can purchase software that you you would have to take time to learn and or apply so it will cost you know some minimal amount depending upon your your expectations and also what you want to actually do so it sounds like it's kind of possible to actually have a personal action plan without looking at it if we hire someone. This, I think there's <laughs> promise here for me. Um, but now, let's just say, like, now me personally, I dream of the day when, um, you know, my, my fingers will turn into little, little mini keyboards. I'm, like, really attached to computers. But what if somebody isn't? Like, you know, there's a lot of people that are I'm finding are, I don't know how they're doing it. I think it's bar- barbaric, but they're kind of, you know, anti-tech. So <laughs> what if someone doesn't like computers? Can they can they do this personal action plan like is it really doable are there different options um yes actually it is and from experience um sometimes the pencil to the paper i mean some of our clients actually um have been ones that didn't have a computer um and they're they were fairly uh knowledgeable about their situation so what they had done was put together a way to recap it so you could use a binder you could use a uh, notebook and set it up so that you track things. Um, the beginning of bookkeeping back in the olden period of tracking information was um, actually what was called ledger pages in big ledgers that were for different categories. And so people used to have all the ledgers and the image that people have of bookkeepers and accountants had to do with a, with a visor and a, a pencil and paper and sitting at a desk and be boring. <laughs> <laughs> Which definitely is one where, you know, that has an image that's pretty funny. But um, in reality, you know, it's basically um, taking that attitude again and owning this information. So um, it does take time to track it in, in whatever methodology is something that keeps the person motivated. So uh, a pencil and paper and a, and a calculator is one way to actually you know, quickly get to your information totals. Now, um, I have a funny story about the whole calculator thing. Um, 
when I was a kid, calculators were first starting to come out, and my older sister and I bought a calculator for our father because when he was doing his taxes, he would sit there with a pencil and a sheet of paper and be adding up all these different long columns of numbers, so we got him a calculator, thinking that, okay, this is going to help him. And this is just to show you how far people have come. He used the calculator because we gave it to him, but then he checked the calculator's results by still adding it up, all these long columns on the paper. By by his brain, right? Uh (laughs) Uh-huh. That's great. That was a time saver. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, really. Um, So, yeah, I I mean, that just, it's, it's really an illustration of how we've changed in terms of accepting technology and even now calculators are commonplace and kids they use them in schools well and even if you have someone else doing this it's still not them owning what you have i mean this is again ownership oh, and oh, man, uh, i thought if i just gave it to someone else well then to think, think of it this way if you gave the exercise to someone else to do are you giving away your are you're not empowering yourself to know something so in that case you're basically giving them away not the physical money but the knowledge that the money could provide to you hence the owning yes that's the owning hence the owning i mean do you want to own all of the money potential I mean, that becomes a real reality in the sense of if you don't know, it might go. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. All right. So you've got me convinced. I'm going to set up a personal action plan. What are the steps? Where do I start? Okay. So we have this decision, which again, position ourselves as Inspector U, because sometimes it's easier to actually have a different name for yourself in some of these exercises. And you make a decision to start. That's a huge decision. And it also helps to know that you're, you're going to proceed and have a, um, a, a goal. So you want to be in control of this and, and you start looking at, okay, how do I do this? Well, um, to, go, to know where you are going, it's kind of like a, being a driver, um, you have a path or a road, you have to kind of know where you've been if you're trying to put together a plan of where you're going. So as Inspector you, you're out there looking for clues, um, and what we're going to do is say, okay, we're going to look a little bit in the rearview mirror and say, okay, where have we been? With a map, you can do that via looking at the map you know, diagram, but what you want to do is take a certain period, and it could be a, a week, it could be a day, it could be a short period, but um, what you'll end up wanting to do is actually uh, figure out where you've been and say, okay, here's where I've been. How many, um, you know, looking at your checkbook, looking at whatever records you have, um, different categories, put together the details and say, okay, this is what I want in the way of a simple plan of where I want to go. So by doing this, you also want to set up some kind of a, um, communication process so that you can say, okay, um, that um, if you're working with your spouse, um, you want to have it so that they're not out there going, oh my gosh, what's this, what's going on here? So that you can actually say, okay, well, this is what I've found. This, you know, Do you want to add any information? As you spend the time gathering and putting together this future plan, you'll actually get a feeling 
of ownership even more so because you'll be able to say, okay, well, now I can put together some idea of where I want to go. I want to actually save money. I want to do this um, so that I can actually go forward and use it for either reducing debt or saving for the future. Um, and as you get this basic feeling, you'll be also able to look through things and might even actually save more money because you'll be able to look at things that if they're unnecessary. You can look for th- ways to save um, different fees and interest, and it all will feel like it's free money. So it's really, um, you know, you look in the rearview mirror, you look at your current situation, and look at where you want to go with this whole concept, and you become very mighty. Well, you had me at free money. That's what I gotta say. So, okay, so so what's a good way to keep track of where all this money's going? Obviously, we need to buy a big magnifying glass. But then, beyond that, how long do we need to keep tracking where the money goes? Well, it's kind of like looking for food. How long do you have to look for food? Oh. When you take a look at the old tracking process, you know, you've got um, there's some manual Adams Financial books, which are basic record keeping. There's um, software like Intuit and QuickBooks. Once you get started, you're going to be hooked because you want to be in the know. You don't want to have to say, oh, no, where did it go? I like it. I like it. <laughs> I'm all about this now. I'm, I'm like ready well, to go. I like the free money. I'm just, you know, all you had to say, that was like magic right there. So. Well, and it's also, once you get started, you're not going to want to go back and say, okay, I don't want to know. I, I'm un- I want this unresolved mystery. I don't feel good about this. And so it's very interesting because people a lot of times don't want to talk to us because they think, oh, they have a secret. They're going to want to search me out. They want to see my checkbook. And well, you know, conditioned for that, right? In our culture, we're conditioned to not talk about money. Yeah, really. Yeah. It's, so it's, yeah, I mean, how do you get people to open up? And then, how do you motivate yourself to do something like this? To actually take charge and own your money? How do you stay motivated? How do you help people stay on track? Um, because of my own passion, you know, it, it's really someone passionately training you on something's going to. They're going to look at you, going, either you're crazy, or they're going to look and say, I want some of that. Because look at how happy that person is or how interested or whatever. I'm all about being passionate and happy and having free money. (laughs) I'm all about it. So, okay, well, we need to pause for a commercial break, but don't go away because when we come back, Donna will tell us more about what we can do with a personal action plan and free money. (laughs) Stay tuned. us on Twitter for more great ideas at Voice America Empowerment. Are you looking for life's answers? How about the meaning of true self? Can you really be a better person overnight? Well, good luck with that. Now, if you want to know more about this insane world and life we lead, tune into Absurd Psychology. Straight answers without all the bull. Hosted by Dr. Gary Bell. You'll learn about how the brain operates under different psychological conditions. Some common sense. Heck, you might just actually learn something. Listen Mondays at 9 a.m. Pacific, noon Eastern on Voice America Empowerment. 
Have you friended us on Facebook yet? Why not? Just go to Facebook.com forward slash Voice America or search for the keywords Voice America. Once you are part of our Facebook network, you'll receive daily messages about what's happening with our shows, this week's featured guests, and new happenings of the Voice America Talk Radio Network. And you can add your voice to the always active discussions on our wall. Just go to Facebook.com forward slash Voice America or search for Voice America. Friend us on Facebook to keep up with what's empowering the world. Voice America Empowerment. You are listening to Be Mighty, Balancing Your Money and Your Time with Katie Marley. To reach the program today, please call 1-888-346-9141. That's 1-888-346-9141. You may also send us an email to b-myte at b-myte.com. Now, back to this week's show. Okay, welcome back to Be Mighty, Balancing Your Money and Your Time. Donna, we have talked about saving our receipts, finding free money, <laughs> and using them up to set and using them to set up a personal action plan. So now that we have all this information, this background, um, and a lot of these strategies are really this is so practical and so relevant. What's next? Well, um, this is the time to actually take all of the activities that you've done and actually compare it or match it to something out there, which we call reconciling to your banking records or other what we call third party, which is not something that you generate, but actually have something that um, is put together so that you have something to compare to. So the term reconcile really means to balance or, or you know, this is again part of the balancing concept. And so it means to actually take everything that you've done from a number perspective and match the transactions to something the bank has provided. So a lot of people do this um, if you look at the back of your bank statement, there's a, a template, and this has been out there for a long time, which the bank provides so that you have a, a way to actually reconcile. Um, this is very laborious in the sense you're writing down you know, the information of what's not cleared you're between the matching. And then the next period that you review this, you use that as a starting point and then go through the exercise, end up with something for that next period. So it's kind of a continuous process. And so the word reconciling, um, when you reconcile something is to say, take one, the deposits that you have as money coming in and you compare those to, to this third party document and you match up and make sure that each one that you expected to get in your account actually showed up and there have been bank errors I mean a lot of people look at the big institutions saying oh no they can't make an error but we've we've actually seen that um, situation where a transfer gets put in someone else's account if someone doesn't watch it um, and look at it from either side then that could either stay there or uh, cause some really uh, serious process information that uh, check start balancing or bouncing or um, the money's used by somebody and it's not really theirs. So it becomes, you know, the importance of making sure that what you expect to go in there that you put in there or taken out of there in the way of checks or withdrawals or transfers is actually the true matching process. So <clears throat> let me jump in here. Um, 
it sounds like what you're saying reconciling is is the same thing as balancing your checkbook. Well, that is the terminology. And, okay. um, you know, I've, um, my, my father was a banker. And so there were times where, you know, people, his customers would actually be um, bringing their checkbook into the bank and they would have to, um, because they just for some reason couldn't find the differences. And um, for whatever reason, they didn't record everything or they didn't have a clue <laughs> what they were doing. And the uh, bank would have have a staff person actually sit there and help the person reconcile between what was expected with what was there. And this was actually a uh, process. And so um, bringing a checkbook in, it can be really messy too because people add things wrong or whatever. So it really helps to have a means of listing transactions so it's clear as to what it is and where it went. Well, I have a shortcut on balancing my checkbook. You want to hear it? <laughs> I just count my checks. If I still have checks, I got money, right? That's kind of how it works. Like, you know, I must have money in there. Uh, well, it's like standing in front of the ATM and saying, okay, my, Mr. Machine or Miss Machine, spit out the money. And people look at, it's amazing how many people actually look at the ATM or the bank and say, okay, well, that's how much I have available to spend. They don't understand. They don't know that checks have already been cashed or they've written checks or there's something that's just waiting to be pulled out of their account, right? Exactly. And so part of the exercise, once you match something, it's really important. A lot of people just check things off and they don't really total it and or send it or compare it in total. So by matching totals is another way, not just individual transactions. So when you've done that, it's also important to look back at what has not cleared, cleared being matched uh, exactly, because again, the word balance means things match exactly. And so if something hasn't cleared, but that you know from the standpoint that you did that transaction or you wrote that check or something deposited was deposited um, and it didn't match up within the same period that you thought it would be, that becomes your inspector you attitude. You need to go take that clue, which is really a big clue, and go ask about it at the bank because that is also the importance of making sure that your expected amounts are actually in there. You know, I'm probably going to be like the worst nightmare of a client for someone like you, Donna, because you know what I do? Sometimes I'll get a deposit and I'll just stick it in my account and forget about it because I figure it's there in case something would bounce. So I just like <laughs> pretend it's not even there. <laughs> and what? You know, match my reconcile checkbook? Are you kidding me? Um, I think I probably have to work on that. So well, what you kind of account? <laughs> you definitely do because if – if someone comes in from IRS or state or from a business perspective, if that's the attitude of the business owner, which um, amazingly people take this attitude like this, you know, I'll just drop, drop it off at the bank and they don't make copies of whatever that was. They don't know. They don't really know what, where it came from. After, you know, even a day, somebody might forget. Um, big amounts usually aren't a problem because you know, but if someone's attitude is just put it in the bank, um, what happens then down the road is if you don't take the important idea of the clue element, um, IRS and uh, state agencies might come looking, asking questions. You know, what is this? Because attitude from government is 
whatever's deposited is going to be income unless proven otherwise. So if you get a reimbursement or you get something that might not really be considered income, you would have to then prove that. So then if you have to go proving all of the income coming in by going to the bank, it's going to cost you time and money. And some banks charge per inquiry because they have to go actually research in their records pull from their manual or from their online systems. So some of this is, again, looking at it from a rearview mirror perspective. If you're in the rearview mirror and you have your eyes covered, you know, where are you going? <laughs> Plus, you don't need to get attitude from the government. <laughs> <laughs> true, <laughs> very true. Yeah, so what should we be reconciling? Like, what, what, kinds, of, what kinds of accounts, what kinds of things do we need to reconcile? Um, the important ones have to do with um, cash. And also anything that is a, uh, an account where you have major purchases, um, also accounts like, uh, you might not think of this, but in a mortgage situation, at the end of the year, you might have um, records that uh, are different from the reports that come in. So you want to take whatever reports you receive from this third party and make sure they make sense. If you don't, then you just pile the receipts up for your accountant to look at or put them in a shoebox, which is another way people deal, deal with presenting money or effects to their CPA or accountant. Um, if you don't compare it, then you may be not getting all of the deductions that you should be able to or your uh, information is not is over um, stated in, in any of the areas that are um, not matched correctly. So it's, it's real important to basically be looking at each of the accounts that have a money effect or from a business perspective, anything that's cash related, actually all of the accounts that are on your balance sheet um, that have anything to do with what we call assets or things that you can turn into cash, any of those, you should be able to know what is in each account. We've had situations where people don't and it becomes you know then it becomes a um, time and money element of having to try to find out I oh wow there's so much to take in here Um, I want to jump though from reconciling to budgeting and that's kind of a scary word honestly Um, why do I want to budget I, I mean, is this just like a going on a diet? Is it the same kind of thing? A budget means that I'm depriving myself of spending what I want. I'm, talk about budgeting, please. Um, budgeting is a you know one of these shades that people pull down. They don't want to hear it. They don't want to do anything with it. They want to ignore it. Um, basically, a budget is um, has been viewed over time as a negative process where you're saying you're creating a you're actively creating a mode of anxiety because they of how people view it and that's unfortunate because um the whole feeling of deprivation and limit and on and on can be turned around again it's an attitude and so as inspector you um, what you want to do is change your perception of this whole terminology. It's, it's language. And language, again, is understood by everybody differently based upon their experience. And so as a budget, um, it's, it's a goal. And it, it 
is different for everybody for every category. So it really comes back to, again, taking a rear view mirror look and saying, okay, what is my situation? Put on your your inspector you hat and magnifying glass and do this full force in wanting to be doing this because then you can actually have a real plan and a budget is really like a diet. It's like putting together, if I eat this, I get this effect. If I if I have this category and have this as my goal, at the end of the, the budget process, what you want to do in your analysis is say, okay, I want to have, uh, I want to go find free money. How much? Well, here's what I'm looking for. Well, it becomes choices. And so as we take on the be mighty attitude and own this process, we want to come up with a methodology so that at the end of the month, we're not going, oh my gosh, where did it go? We really want to own the fact that everything we know is where it should be. And so it's actually a, a checkoff point. And we can actually go down the budget and say, okay, well, um, when we get to the end of the month, it's not like, oh, no, where did it go? We're going to go back through and say, okay, here, wow, look at this. I, I did this better than I thought. So you have actually um, more than you thought you were going to have or have had spent. So you have this, sometimes it comes in and goes out and comes in and goes out based upon the categories, but it gives you incentive. It's motivating. And so you can kind of reward yourself. I mean, don't go on a credit card spree at the local uh, stores, that's kind of backwards, but um, it, it's really taking um, an active view of where do you want to go, and it's a it's it's a forward looking process. Well, you know what? I've heard that rules are the path to freedom, and personally, I'm still working on that. But <laughs> um, free money has given me a whole new incentive. <laughs> so this is exciting. I've learned a whole lot. There's just so much here. So well, the monthly here. money mystery is trying to make this fun, and part of this whole process is jazzing it up. So, and it, and people are motivated motivated from different aspects, and so part of the be mighty attitude is really from um, a, an overall attitude, which um, we're calling you know different ways of viewing things, and so because we're um, working on a foundational money attitude and foundational aspect of being mighty, um, this is preparing uh, you know, for a, a really clear way so that you can get where you want to go. And with that kind of aspect, you know, we, we have created simple reminding, uh, which we um, have where your, your thumb is your foundation. So we're building a foundation here. Uh, focus, you know, is your action plan. How do you feel? And this all comes back to choosing how you want to proceed. I mean, you can, if, if your system's working and you feel good about it, great, go forward. Um, as you focus and you get into the flow of doing this, it's going to be difficult to go backwards. And so your attitude is not just moving forwards, but also how are you feeling about it? Are you feeling in control? And my gosh, you want to have this fun. So jazz up the inspector you, whatever that means. And as you get going with this, become more and more in tune with it. Share it with your and communicate it with the people that you know that are also using what you're putting together. And guess what? It's freedom. You know, you have have freedom from worry. You have freedom of knowing. You have this whole open potential that um, essentially you're ready to go. So one of the things we've been asking each 
each one of our guests at the end of their show is what's one thing that someone can do each day to improve this area? So what is one thing that somebody can do every day to help solve their monthly money mystery? Um, what I suggest as Inspector you is get an, a calendar and work on a daily basis and review your calendar actively um, asking yourself what's coming in, what's going out, what needs to go out and work with this on a daily basis so that you can be in control of what, what's happening. It's amazing how one day rolls faster and faster into the next and the next and the next. But by doing this, it might take you five minutes. So Donna, we've got about 30 seconds left in the show, but thank you so much for joining us today and sharing your passionate love affair with numbers. I'm definitely warming up to them. The free money caught my attention. Um, if anybody <laughs> wants to connect with you, is your website ebsagroup.net? Correct. And um, email would be solutions at ebsagroup.net, and that's ebsagroup.net. Thank you. Join us next week when we talk with Peter Jensen on Friday, October 3rd at 11 a.m. Pacific Time, 2 p.m. Eastern Time on the Empowerment Channel. Peter is the Managing Director of Windrose Wealth Management, a financial consulting company. And now that we've figured out where our free money is, he's going to be talking with us about what to do with it. Thank you for listening. Thank you for joining Kmar and D. Lee for Be Mighty, balancing your money and your time. Be sure to come back for another great show next Friday at 2 p.m. Eastern Time and 11 a.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Empowerment Channel. Enjoy your weekend, and we'll see you here next week.